Providing a place for us to do that, Lord, for those to lead us in worship. Lord, as we read your word tonight and worship you in that way, help us to understand, Lord. Give us wisdom and understanding of your word, your will, your ways, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, the teacher of the word. Lord, the, the, the one who brings it to our remembrance as we walk through this life. Lord, I, I know that uh, I know I'm not worthy to be standing here, but Lord, I know you are worthy. And I know that I opened the door and I invited you in. So help me to trust you, Lord, and help us all to love you more. And we pray in your precious name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening, you guys. So you all know my friend Van over there? I'm not trying to ignore everybody else, but remember when I was here last month, Mike led worship, and I had worked Mike Moxley? And I'd worked with him on the prison yard in Blythe. Well, I first met Van in 84. Yeah, I was, I was about 10. Um, but a long time ago. And, it's, 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 and I, I say that not only to, so that you know our connection, but um, how God works. I mean, could you imagine we would have thought we were up in Northern California 30-something years ago that we'd be sitting here today on a Wednesday night at Calvary Chapel Surprise with you guys? You know, it, it just, God's amazing. So why'd you come here tonight anyway? <laughs> Worship God. Wow. Huh? Exodus 14. Um, I don't know if you remember last month and, and who was here and who wasn't here. Um, we went through the, we went through the first half of chapter 14 of Exodus with the exodus of Egypt, okay, and the, and the Israelites come up to a hard place, okay, with the, the sea on one side, the Egyptian army on the other side, and God right there in the middle with them, right? And then he, he, um, he kept the army here, and he kept the Israelites here all night while he opened the waters and dried all the land, I mean, that, that's just incredible. I was going to read it all again, but I think I'll just... I want to read an awful lot of scriptures tonight and um, um, just trust in his word and, and where, we're, where we're at today. But, but it, when I, when I um, shared this message in this part of scripture last, last month, it really was a two-parter in my mind. And then I rushed it and, and actually had more time and, and, you know, doing the human thing. But... Um, the, the Israelites went through the water on dry land. The winds blew all night, and they went through on dry land. I mean, that, that's just incredible. And, they, and you can just see the water on both sides, and they went through. And I, and I was liking it this week. And every time you study God's Word, it sometimes it depends, you know, where you're at and how it's, how it's, it's speaking to you and how it, in, in the life application today. And, but I, I kept thinking of it as the narrow road, the narrow path. Wide is the road to destruction, narrow. And God hath put them on a narrow path. And um, I want to read a couple of verses. And tonight we're starting in verse 23, 1423. And we actually finished last month in 1422. And I want to read 21 and 22 as a recap besides what I just said. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land so that the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on the right 
and on their left hand. Pretty clear picture. And they went through, and uh, tonight as we, as we uh, finish chapter 14, we do the end of chapter 15, and maybe all of 16. I'd like to at least read it all. Um, and, and, and it's all about God's provision. God kept the Israelite army where he wanted them all night, okay? Um, and I want to, I wanna, as we start in 23, I want to read a verse. It's Exodus 5-2. I got my little marker there, you know. Oh, by the way, um, well, that's got writing on it. Typed. Second time. Yeah, I get, there's like more than one page, and, and then I printed them, and then I, I must have threw them away or something, and then I had to print them again, you know. I, um, anyway. 5-2, Exodus 5-2. As we, as we read tonight, because where we're starting tonight is now the Israelite army is going to try to go through God's narrow path, through, through the waters, right? But Pharaoh said, Exodus 5-2, here's a question Pharaoh had, and I think it's going to get answered. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Okay, this is, this is the man in charge, this is the Pharaoh, this is the king. And that's what he was saying to Moses at one point in his life. Okay, now as he did let the Israelites go, he suffered, um, the people, his people suffered greatly. The people of, of Egypt suffered greatly during this time. Those ten plagues weren't no joke. Sometimes we read them and we think, you know... Um, no, I'm telling you, people's lives were messed up. And it was because of their ruler. And anyway, so, so now the Israelite army, the, the Israelites are going through, they go through, they're going through the other side. And Pharaoh had this question long ago. And, and um, I told my youngest son last night, because uh, some things were said, a little bit of politics. It's like, you know what? I don't know for nothing anymore, except... That God is sovereign, and God is still in control. Okay, because it's pretty messed up, you know. And I, I don't think I'm any better. It's like, I think I'm pretty messed up. You know, I, I used to think this, think that, but, but I know one thing. I haven't lost faith in him, and, and, I, and he hasn't lost faith in us. And he operates through our faith. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight. But um, he is still sovereign. And he is in control. I don't care what. That, and that's we need to remember that and, and stay focused on that. Pharaoh doesn't understand that, okay? Because he thinks he's God, you know. And, and it's not it's not such a it's not such a strange human practice uh, today. It's about normal. Every you know a lot of people I talk to um, somehow they think they're God. And, and I don't mean that in a sense of judgment, but that's what we do. If we don't worship the true and living God, whatever we're doing, we're, we're trying to be God. Verse 23, starting tonight's study. I'm not going to read ahead. I'm going to go right through verse by verse. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. And we know, I read Pharaoh's question Okay, a few chapters back. And now we know the Lord has delivered the Egyptians from this situation. And now the army says, we're going to go get them. We're going to go harm God's people. They're not getting away. And I, I, would, I would be so bold to say, when you come against God's people, when you want to harm God's people, you are coming against God. Uh, he, he's not going to like it. And, and I've, I've experienced that. It's like, I, I wish you weren't doing that because it's not me you've got a problem with. It's Jesus. Okay, and I don't have any stories with that. I might share a couple later. But, um, and I do have a lot of stories, but I'm not going to share them. Okay, where people, it's like, I know you're messing up. And I know God's going to get me through this, but I'm not sure about you. You know, because of your, of your position with God. And you're, it's not me you don't like. You know, and, and I'm, I'm, you may not like me, but, but it's Jesus you got a problem with. I've seen it too many times. And Pharaoh's got a problem with God and God's people, and he thinks he can do away with them. So then he thinks, at this point, that he can enter in that narrow road. 
God's path that he, he delivered his people through. And I kept relating that to, you know, because I think people nowadays, a lot of people, people were around we should care about. They, uh, you know, some of them may be going to church and stuff, and they don't worship God. They don't, Jesus, they're not born again. And they, it's like, I've got my own way of doing this. And it's like, oh, that's, 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 that's bad. That's, that's bad. It's not good. And no, I'm on that same narrow road you are. It's like, oh boy. No, your narrow road is, is real wide because it's the road to destruction. And going to church doesn't change that. And I'm, I'm just throwing some of that in there because you know these people too. We need to care about these people. Um, the, trying to explain the word of God to somebody who knows nothing about the word of God. Nothing. I had this experience very recently. And then have such strong opinions oh just I mean nasty strong opinions and it's like you don't know nothing you know, absolutely nothing you're totally ignorant on this book and the word of God and yet you're, you're sure that it couldn't be true and you're you know it's like wow that, that, that's a you know and it's, it's not I'm not going to stop seeing that person and stop um, visiting with them and stop sharing with them but boy what a, what a terrible place to be in so the Egyptians are going to pursue them, and um, turn the page here. Keep reading. It came about at the morning watch that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the power, the pillar, excuse me, of fire and cloud through the army and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. God looked down, okay, through the pillar of fire. And cloud. It just, I just, it just really caught me this week. You know, he didn't just look down and see the Egyptians and what they're about to do. He looked down through the cloud and through the pillar. And I kept, you know, I couldn't help but relate that to Christ. And when he looks down, it does. When he looks at me, I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm not worthy to come up here and do this and share your word with my brothers and sisters. And he's like, Yeah, I don't even see you, Jeff, because I'm looking through the blood of the Lamb. And and that really is what he's doing. Um, and it's like, yeah, just remember that because it's not about you. And so now he's looking through the cloud and through the pillar. And I could talk about that a long time and kind of go back with in verse 19, the angel of God. And then the, and the, he moved the cloud back and kept the army, but I won't. So uh, you can do that on your own. Um, there's a lot to that. Okay. And there's a lot to that today in, in God's presence here in this world. God's glory, okay? God's glory is a, is one, of the, one of the explanations of that. I've got it written in my Bible. I've been saying it a lot the last few months. God's glory, 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 I'm sorry, glory. Glory is any manifestation of God. That's glory. Any manifestation of God. And, he, and it's all over the place. Um, and it's... It's like not seen by so many now. It's how can so many be so blind, you know? And let us not be like that because every day his glory is shining through. The manifestations that he does in our lives is just incredible. So he looks down. He sees the Egyptian armies and what they're going to do. And he brings in confusion. God brings in confusion. Now, and, I, and I can remember being told that if, 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 you got a pro, if things are going on and you're trying to pray through something and there's confusion, that's the devil. And it may well be. But right here, when I read God's word, what he brings on the enemy is confusion. So God can bring confusion too, right? Um, and, and, because, and, and one thing I was thinking of that is, he can do whatever he wants. We've got to be careful about saying it's this way only, it's that way only. He's in this box and he's in that box. He's not. He's God. He can do as he pleases. And, and so with the Egyptian army, what does he do? He brings in confusion. Verse 25, he caused their chariot wheels to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. That's a quote there, too, in, in my Bible. They, they said, let us get out of here. <laughs> Their God is fighting for them. And that's the same God that brought those ten plagues. And I don't know if somewhere in between they forgot or 
you know, the people thinking this, but it's like now I wish I wasn't here. I wish I wasn't pursuing God's people in order to bring them harm. I wish I hadn't got on the path that God put them on because he didn't put, he didn't open that path for me. He opened it for them, and now I begin to realize it. And, and what they were going to do is, in, in human terms, what I'm saying is, they were going to abandon this. They're, and right now, they're in the middle of the water. And it's like, you know what, we need to get out of here because uh, of their God. But it's too late. Just like when that, that last beat of the heart beats and the body dies, I don't mean to be morbid, it's over. There's no repentance after that. There's no praying somebody into heaven. That's it. And then the judgment. And those people that we know that um, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't even consider coming in here. I know people today that I visit almost daily now. They, would, they won't consider coming into church. And um, then the judgment, because judgment, there will be a judgment. There's a great white throne judgment that we won't be, be at. But, um, and there's no getting out of it. There's no, there's no second chance once we pass from this life. And there is hope. There is hope for salvation until that last dying breath. Just say, Jesus. If you come across that situation, and, and you know, if, if somebody's in a wreck tomorrow, and, and, you, and you see they're, they're, they're taking their last breath, and you, that may happen. Again, I'm not trying to be morbid. Just say, Jesus. Call out to him. That's all they need. They just need Jesus. They don't need a, they don't need a doctor at that point. They don't need, they need Jesus. And it's not too late. Sorry, I, I, that's just, um, I, well, it's just true. Okay, it's where our hearts need to be. Now these Egyptians, these dirty little Egyptians, huh? <laughs> Don't we hate them? And they're after God's people. God, get them. They're about to suffer a horrible death, a horrible death. Can you imagine drowning? That ocean, you know, I went out on one of them boats one time. We went on one of the little three-day cruises. I said, this ain't for me. As soon as you can't see land, it's like, I am not comfortable with this. <laughs> if I end up in there, in that water, you know what I become? Bait, fish food. The bottom of the food chain. Don't like it. Don't even like the thought of it. Um, so the Egyptians, they're in there, and they're saying, I'm going to read it again. Let us free from, flee from Israel. Let's get out of here. For the Lord is fighting for them because against the Egyptians, okay? The Lord's fighting for them. Let's get out of here. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. Judgment has come. God's, God's judgment has come. There, there is no turning back for the Egyptians. They're toast, okay? Um, and they are people, God, God wanted to, to spare them. He wanted to save them. He did. And he, over and over, he, he, he tried to get them to change their, for the Pharaoh to change his heart. He wouldn't do it. Uh, that was us. You know, that was me. And somehow he got through. You know, he got, he got, he got in here and he got in here. And it's like, I got it. I understand. That the Holy Spirit does that. We don't do that. Um, but we share him with others. And so Moses stretched out his hand, as in verse 21. And he said, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back. And now the Lord says, Moses, stretch out your hand so I can bring it back. I don't know why he needs Moses so much to do this, right? How he can't, how come he can't? He must not operate today because Moses isn't here, right? And of course not. He, he, he doesn't need Moses to do that. He wants Moses to do it. He allows Moses to do that because, and it's the same for you and me, because he operates through our faith. Can I fully explain that? I don't think so, but I fully believe it. God wants to operate through our faith. 
And that's, and he, and he wants to use us, you know. I mean, go figure. He wants to use us. And he tells Moses, he could have just put the waters back, but he tells Moses, who he set as leader over the people. God did that, okay. He says, he says, Stretch out your hand over the sea so the waters may come back over these Egyptians and all their chariots and their horsemen. And Moses is obedient, right? It sounds simple, and, um, and he was obedient, but I can tell you times in my life when, when I, I felt the Lord speaking to me or showing me something, and I wasn't obedient. And um, that, those are ugly times, okay? And, um, and then the Lord restored me. Really, you forgive me? You know, because nobody else does, let me tell you right now. But he, that's what he does. And I say that so that we remember that God's goal is restoration. God's goal is restoration. And he would have loved to have restored the Egyptians at this time but they wouldn't have it, you know, and he gave us a free will. Verse 27, so Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak. He just put things back to normal. See, it wasn't normal with the water up and the dry path, and that's not normal, right? That's miraculous. And now he says, let's just let it go back to normal. The only problem is they thought they, that path was for them too, and it wasn't. Okay, it was only for the Israelites. They shouldn't have went in there, the Egyptians. While the Egyptians were fleeing right into it, then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even a bunch of them were saved. No, not even one of them remained. Not even one. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. And the waters were like a wall to them on the right and on the left. He tells us that again. See, they went through dry land. Dry land. Because you know those, all that stuff they were packing and those things that had wheels on them and whatever. They wouldn't have went through that mud if, if, they had, if God hadn't have dried that. It would have been so thick they wouldn't even been able to walk through it. And so he, he dried it. They walked through. But... The Israelite army, when they went in, he just let things go back to normal. And they all drowned. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. They saw the bodies. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Huh? It'd be nice if it was, that was just the way it was and it stayed that way. Um, but that's just not how we are. You know, we tend to be, because now we're going into a little negative stuff, a uh, little bit of argue, a little bit of grumbling, complaining. And um, as I read this, and I've read this section, because now I'm going to read. Uh, Exodus 15, or 22 to 27, the end of the chapter there. And um, I wanted to share with you that um, if I just came up here and just read these verses and then read all of, you know, the rest of 15 there and all of 16, that would be totally sufficient. And the reason I know that is because when I first started sharing, teaching, leading a Bible study or something. I, it was about a year in the Lord. It was 1985. Uh, I know right where I was. I remember. And I remember I was going out there, and I'm a, I've been a Christian for one year. Okay? One year. And uh, that's when the chaplain said I could start leading a Bible study because I wanted to lead it the day I got there. I've been a Christian five months. This was in northern, when I went up to a prison in Northern California. That's where Van was standing there waiting for me. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, um, and the chaplain said, I went to the chaplain and said, I'm ready. I want to start sharing the word of God. And I've, I've been telling everybody and I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to share this. And he said, um, 
How long have you been a Christian? Five months. I've been five months doing this. And he said, well, let, when you, let's wait for one year. Let's talk. Let's get to know each other. I said, okay. And then at one year, he actually contacted me, and he said, you still want to do that? I said, of course. Nothing, nothing changed. And anyway, so I went out to the prison one night, just on my own time. I went back to the prison to, to lead a Bible study. And then I thought, what am I doing? Because I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not, and, I, and it's like, well, um, and I'm going to do the Gospel of John because that's my favorite book of the Bible, and that's uh, my life's verse is John 14, 6. He is the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by him. That's what he said. And that's, that came to life to me one day. But anyway, so I said, well, I'm going to share John. And so when I got out there, I hadn't done much preparation. I didn't have a bunch of... Um, commentaries and stuff, and, and so I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to read the Bible to these guys, and there was like a few guys there, say four guys, and, and um, so I read them three chapters, you know, talked to them a little bit, but mostly I read three chapters of the Bible, of the first three chapter, chapters of John, just some of the most awesome places you could be, the first three chapters of John, and I read it and I'll never forget, and I wanted to share it with you guys. When I got done, um, this guy looked at me, and he had tears streaming down his eyes. His name was Jones. I still remember his name. I'll never forget it. And he was from L.A., and we're up in the very end of California, up north. And he said, you know, when I came in here, I had the weight of the world on my shoulders. And he said... And I had more questions that I could possibly ever get answered about life and, and stuff. And he said, you know, tonight you answered all of them. Huh? I'm serious. I never forgot that. And that for me it was confirmation. Come back next week and read them some more and just keep doing it. And, and um, yeah, God's Word did that. I just read it. It was like, huh? <laughs> You know, I don't, really don't know what I'm doing. I didn't tell the chaplain that. You know, I forgot that part. And God's word did that. So chapter 15, the, the, the Israelites have been delivered, right? They sing a song of deliverance, of praise and deliverance. And, and then we get to verse 22. I'm not going to read, read that. I'm going to read starting at verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. Okay? Went three days. How long can you go without water? About three days, right? They're three days out of the wilderness. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get some water here. Um, I don't know how much they took with them and all that, but um, they go out in the wilderness. There's no water. When they came to Marah, they could not find they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. Okay? Um, so, I, you, I guess you can imagine what Marah means, huh? Because I didn't look it up, but um, something about bitter water, right? So, the people grumbled at Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Three days. Three days into the desert. Um, and, you know, you know it's going to get hot. Matter of fact, what I wanted you guys to do, maybe, is just tomorrow, maybe tonight, when the snakes are out and stuff, just take off through the desert. <laughs> With, take whatever you can carry even. You know, take three or four bottles of water and just take off. Go west. And when you get past Sun City Festival, don't turn on the highway. Just keep going straight. And see what it looks like three days from now. You know, that's how you get a feel for things is just by doing them. And uh, these people, and I say that because, you know, I, I, I know this is rough. You know, they've taken off in the desert I don't think it was that great back in Egypt. From the things I've read, I don't think that was such a neat place to be and be in their slaves. But our mind starts thinking differently when we start thinking back. Right? And we're going to talk about that in a little bit here. So, they, so the people grumbled at Moses, grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord. They grumbled at Moses, and then he cried out to the Lord. He ain't got no water. It's like, I didn't, I didn't bring any more than you did, right? I can't make water. Um, I'm just one of you guys, you know, that, 
I happen to be leading because that's God's, God's design. He, he put me, he had me come back and do all this stuff and so he could deliver you guys out of Egypt and I don't have water. So he goes to the Lord. He cries out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and regulation and there he tested them. So he shows them a tree he cut, cuts the tree down, pulls the tree down, whatever, throws it into water. God makes the water sweet, right? God's doing all this. And, and um, so then the waters become sweet. They become drinkable. And there he made for them a statute and regulation. There he tested them. And, and I, get, I was thinking, you know, he, I think he's given them some rules to live by now. He, here's your water. You know, God says, okay, water. I, I knew you were going to need it, by the way. I had that figured out a long time ago. You were going to need water. And so he, he makes the water where it's drinkable. And then he made for them a statute and regulation. And there he tested them. You think life's not a test? You think a, a, a test of obedience? Think that's not a test? It's a test. It's not a test like God's testing you and um, no, it's actually, a, a lot of times it's a test of our will, our discipline, our obedience. It's a test of, the, of, of us and our life. And he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on which I have put on the Egyptians, on you, which I have put on the Egyptians, for the Lord for I, the Lord, am your healer. Right? I'm your healer. And so that's, if you'll keep these, these, these regulations, okay, and this is a test, because he says, and there he tested them. If you'll do this, okay, if you will give heed to the voice of the Lord your God, right, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, then I won't put all those diseases on you I put on, on the Egyptians. And it almost sounds weird, but I, I, think, I think it's pretty, it's pretty um, okay to say that I'll protect you. Okay, I'll be your healer. I'll be what, what I am if you do these things. Otherwise, I, I won't be your God. See, something else will be your God. And, of course, they, uh, they struggle with this. And I say they because... Do you think we're not struggling with this? Huh? Do you think, uh, I mean, um, I just shudder to think, you know, what we're living in the middle of now and how tempted we are. Oh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, all the time. All the time. And um, because everything else is a God, except God. You know, it's like you're not even allowed here anymore, and uh, and we're living in that world today. The um, and he just wants to love us. He just wants to take care of us and heal us. And he's already paid all the price. He's for for my sins. You know, for my what you know. Um, he's already paid for that. It's finished. And now, as I walk through this, and I think maybe uh, you know, now that I'm like over thirty, I think. Um, just seeing if you're listening. I think I'm starting to get it, you know? Um, and, and it reminds me of that day in my car when I, when I got it after two years of being in a, in a turmoil. It, for me, it was unbelievable. It, it, I would say you couldn't have lived through the emotional turmoil I was in. And that's not true, but that's how I, I felt. In, in uh, going to work in a prison without the Lord, and not knowing the Lord, and then watching somebody bleed to death over a carton of cigarettes, and uh, I didn't intend to go into this, but um, then reading the Bible for two years, not understanding it, reading, reading it, and reading it, and reading it, because I didn't understand life, and I didn't understand why I existed, and I didn't think I was any better than anybody else, and this is a mess. And that went on for a little over two years, a little over two years. And then one day, 
because uh, I had read the New Testament many times through. I read the Gospel of John 100, 200 times. I don't believe that's any exaggeration over that two years. And then one day, it came, it came to life to me in my mind. Uh, it was, and it was, I was driving home from work, and it was like, like a voice spoke to me and said, Jeff, I, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. I was thinking I might need some religion. I might need to go to church, you know. And two years, two years. And, and it's like, how could you, two years. And then, and then it just, and by the time I got home, I was a born-again believer. And I began to understand things I had read, you know. And I didn't, that's not in my notes, but that's life. And that's, that's, um, that's eternal life for me. So... Um, Verse 27, then they came to Elam, and there, excuse me, and there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. So God, when they, when they needed water, the first thing they did is they, they prayed and they thanked God for everything he'd already done. Oh, he's laughing. Huh? No, the first thing they did was grumble at the leader. Right? That's what we do, right? We grumble at the leader. Right thing, wrong thing. You know, because we need to ask ourselves before we do it. And, but anyway, so God, God provides water. Then they come to this place, this place called Elam. Um, I think, oh yeah, it means trees. And, but, and there's 12 springs, springs of water. I don't know if that has anything to do with 12 tribes of Israel. And I'm not going into a historical teaching. I'm just trying to read you some word tonight. And 12 springs of water. Um, I could just see each, because, you know, people tend to stay together, so each tribe went to a different spring, you know, 12 springs, 12 tribes, and, and they all had their own water, but um, I'm not saying that happened, but I think people tend to do that. And then there's 70 date palms, not 69, not 71, 70, 70 date palms. Uh, I wonder if the dates were in season, if they had dates, because they were, how many guys you think climbed those trees, huh? And they camped there beside the waters. And, and I'm not going to anything there except reading it. God put it there. And there's 12 springs of water. And I think right now it's a pretty refreshing time. And we've just started. We've only been out here for several days. And, and they're laying like, oh, boy, we thought we'd never make it. You only got another 39 years, 11 months, and, you know. But they don't know that. And we don't know either. We don't know what's ahead. We don't know what tomorrow brings, right? We don't know how many years. And so there, and it, um, one thing I was thinking about is, because now it's time to leave. We, we need to go. And we're heading to the promised land, right? We're heading to the land of Canaan, the land of rest. This isn't the place. And one thing we tend to do is, you know what? This place ain't bad. There's plenty of water here. I love dates. There's dates, dates for days. And there's shade from these trees. And, and you know, I could, I'll bet I could dig some furrows and I could grow some leeks and some garlics. And this, this place ain't bad. I think maybe I'm going to stay here. I want to be in that comfortable place. And that can be a big mistake. A big mistake. Um, and we need to take care for that. And, and, you know, I'm not sure. And one of the reasons is it's not because, you know, we shouldn't enjoy something or have it have rest and things, but we need to trust the Lord. And that's where we, so we put ourselves in a position a lot of times. It's like, am I really trusting the Lord or am I trusting everything he's done for me up to this point, and now I'm trusting in all that? Um, and I don't know, you know, um, but I do know, I don't know where, what I mean when I say I don't know. I don't know where you're at. And sometimes I'm not sure where I'm at. And sometimes I think, yeah, you know, I ought to test myself a little. I ought to get myself out of my comfort zone. This, this is a, you know, you guys want to come up and, and finish this tonight? This is, this is not, this is a, you know, not the easiest thing to do either. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I don't teach all the time from the pulpit and, and, uh, then I think, why did I say yes? Why didn't I get out of that, you know? 
I could have told him, I could have told him anything, you know. And it's like, no, you need to do that. You need to, you need to stretch yourself, whatever. But it just, we, we have to be careful with being too comfortable or seeking too much comfort, you know, because when you're on this journey, it's time to go. Whatever that means for each individual, it's time to get up and go. And I don't mean everybody move and tomorrow nobody's here. Um, whatever that means. But, um, and, and if when I'm in that place, it's like, you know what, you need to get up. At least pick up the phone and call. You know, do something. <clears throat> okay, chapter 16. That was part two. Okay, the time there in Marah. That was part two. Now we get to the good stuff. Turn the page. Chapter 16. Time check. Oh, we got an hour. Okay. <clears throat> verse 16, I mean, chapter 16, verse 1. Then they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after the departure from the land of Egypt. Wouldn't you say it's about six weeks? We're about six weeks into this now? Um, some, you know, over a month now. We're over a month into it, and we come to the wilderness of sin. You ever been out there? <laughs> so I hear a lot. You ever been in the wilderness of sin? Because that's not what this is talking about. We think of it as sin and our, our missing the mark, and, um, and this is just a place. It's not a, a condition, a spiritual condition. But um, it can't, it, you can't help but think of it, though, the wilderness of sin. And that's what it is. It's a dry and desolate place. And we all know that. But this here, this is a dry and desolate place. But this is a physical place called the wilderness of sin. And it tells us right where it's at. Okay. Verse 2. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel, again, they stopped to pray and thank the Lord for all, all that he had Wait a minute, no. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. How, that didn't take long, huh? They just left 12 springs of water and the, the date palms. and You know, you had, you know that had to be a refresh, refreshing place. Now there's a problem again. First one was no water. There's no water today. There was going to be water. God was always going to provide water, right? And so now... They begin to grumble against the leadership, against God's anointed. Didn't we talk about that last month? They, they're, they're grumbling against God's anointed, Moses and Aaron. And here, here's the verse 3. And the sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. And the New King James reads a little different, and it's something more like, if only we had died, right, in the land, in, by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. If we had just stayed where we had and died there, we would have been so much better off to come here and uh, starve because now the problem is food, and we're going to get that in a second. So, but the problem is now i got nothing to eat. First I didn't have any water, now i got no food. Okay? When we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunter, hunger. <clears throat> so back there in Egypt, if we were back there, if we could have just stayed there, and, and I, I guess they mean die of old age. Um, man, we had it good. <laughs> Boy, it was good back there. You remember how it was? We had pots of meat. I wonder how often they really had pots of meat. You know, they, they um, and with bread, we ate bread till we were sick. We just, we had bread to the full. And, I mean, you can't help but think, when you think about it, it's like, you know what, I don't think, you guys are remembering this, like, this is really neat. Why did God need to deliver you then? Huh? And, and, it's, and I've done the same thing. I've done it more than once. It's like, boy, if I could just go back to there where I was. Um, I'll tell you, when I went to Blythe the first time in 97, 1997, and I left... Um, the Redwoods in Northern California, beautiful little town. 
You just paint a picture of this beautiful little town with these 300-foot trees around on the hills and, and green like you can't imagine, this river running along the side of it. That's Fortuna, by the way, up by Eureka. And, I mean, I'm talking about one beautiful little place, um, town of about 8,000 people then or something like that. Just, just uh, And then I went down to Blythe. <laughs> I don't, Blythe, California. <laughs> And all I could say was to others, how's that blight? And I say, I just let me warn you about Blythe, California. It ain't nothing nice. Whew. Man, when he turns up the heat there, it don't just it just don't quit getting hot. You know? There was no heat in Fortuna. I mean, when it got to be like 75 or 80, one day at one time I saw it 85 degrees, literally. And they were they were saying people might die. <laughs> I heard that on the radio. I said, Really? Yeah, it was, it, I mean, it just, it rarely got over 65, I think. 55 to 65 was the normal weather. Beautiful country. And then I went down to Blythe, but, you know, and, and I thought, well, why did I leave there? You know, I'm dying here. I'm literally dying. And, and I'm, I'm out here in this sun, and, and um, I spent four hours a day in that sun, it was 120 degrees, I don't know, and that's no exaggeration. And there was no shade whatsoever. And I was like, I, I, I can't, I'm not made like this, I can't do this. I've lived in the fog the last seven years. And then I remembered how nice it was back there. Gosh, it was nice. But there was a reason I left, <laughs> right? It, it couldn't, there was, it, and um, certainly can't go into all that. But we remember things the way we want to remember them when we want to remember them. Right? And that looking back stuff, it's don't, don't let it trick you. And don't trick yourself because it wasn't better. It, the, better the best it is is right here, right now, today. This is the best it gets right here, right now, today. This is where God's at. This is where you're at. This is where I'm at. And I don't care what's going on. You know, and that, that's, the, that's the reality. That's the, I think that's the attitude we need to have, and other than that, bring it on. You know, God will take care of it. So, um, they wished they had died. Things were so good. We had meat, we had bread, and you brought us out here to kill us. Now, do you think Moses brought them out there to kill them? Huh? God called him from where he was at, and... and um, you know, God's doing all this, but here's the thing, and I know I need to wrap this up, but when you grumble against God's leaders, God's anointed, you're grumbling against God. And I don't mean that just in the form of a physical person, but I mean in your life. And when God's brought you to a place and, and this is where you're at, and you grumble about that, you're grumbling against God. And, and, and it, sometimes it takes a long time to learn that. So what? That, you know, that's the attitude we have to have. You know, it's hot. You know how hot it is? You know that sometimes my feet stick in the pavement because the pavement is melting under my feet? Literally. That's hot. And, and I walk through that. And it's like, so what? You know, if, if this is where God has you, then this is the best place you could be. It, and so they're not grumbling against Moses and Aaron, even though that's their focus and that's the, the human beings, but they're grumbling against God. I want to read some more. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will kill them. I'll kill them all. <laughs> oh, no, that's what I would have said. Huh? No, God, see... Remember we talked about restoration and stuff? God brought them out here. He knows they were going to get hungry, right? And he knew they were going to grumble about it because this is how God deals with it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instructions. Whoops, it's a test again. Huh? I'll, I'll test them, see if they'll walk in my instruction. Will they? Uh-uh. Some, some, sure. But, and, and, and I'm going to end it right here. I would encourage you to read the rest of the chapter with the mindset we're in tonight or, or at least tomorrow um, about God's provision. 
okay, and how God provides. And, and, of course, we grumble and complain. We're just people. We shouldn't, and especially against, against people he's put in, in, you know, leadership and stuff like that. But not only that, you know, brothers and sisters who he's put beside us, don't grumble at them and complain at them. And I'm talking to me. Um, because you're grumbling at the Lord. He's still going to love you. He's still going to love me. And he's still going to provide. But, you know, we have to think of that in a balance. And we know, and I'm going to tell you, even though you're going to read this um, tonight or tomorrow, you're going to read the rest of this chapter, but they're only supposed to gather. They're not supposed to keep it until the next day. Huh? That's part of the test. Will you just... Obey a simple instruction. You know, obeying instru- simple instructions, I got a bunch of neat little sayings and I've used the whole time up, but uh, it brings miraculous things because it brings glory to God and God's glory is his manifestation, any manifestation of God. So just simple uh, obedience brings on miraculous results and we get to benefit from them, right? It, it's true, it's true. And and we and I can tell you right now, um, they're gonna gather some and they're gonna keep it overnight. Why? <laughs> Why do I do that? And it's gonna it's gonna get nasty. And they're they're not gonna get they're not gonna get zapped for it and all that. But um, they gotta live with uh, their disobedience. The um, um, let's close it. That was verse four we read through. If, if, I, if I get the opportunity, and it has been a pleasure, honestly, come up and share God's word with you guys. I don't take that lightly. And um, if, I, if I have this opportunity again, there won't be a part three. Let me just tell you that. So let's pray. Father, we, Lord, we do love you, Lord. And we, we know that we're, we are weak, Lord, but we know you are strong. And Lord, in our weakness, be strong. Lord, and, and as we leave here tonight, Lord, uh, and we've been by those springs of water and your, your date palms, Lord, and we've been refreshed by your word, Lord, by, by worshiping you in song and being led in worship. Lord, we, we've received these things, and we thank you for them. And Lord, help us to, to um, show that to others. Lord, help us to, to live with a smile, Lord, because we know you, and let others ask, Lord, why, why are you content? Why are you happy? And we can say, because I know Jesus. Lord, we love you, and we pray in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Um,